Hi, it's Dan here for Dusty Business Radio, and this is the podcast Liner Notes, revealing chats with Canada's retro music makers. Today, I'm thrilled to once again have as my guest Kim Burley, drummer, singer, songwriter, SoCan Lifetime Achievement Award winner, and founding member of the legendary Canadian band The Stampeders, classic Canadiana, and songs that are still loved by everyone today. So thanks for joining me again, uh, Kim. How are you, my friend? I'm feeling very well this morning, Dan, and it's a pleasure to be here. Good. Well, I appreciate that as well. Uh, it's great to have you back on for a follow-up interview. You were the first guest that we had on Liner Notes. Uh, yes, and, I know. I was the, <laughs> the uh, very first. Uh, canary in the coal mine, so to speak. <laughs> yes, you were the first one, and, and it was. Uh, I appreciated it because you were the perfect person to have as a first guest, and you, you know, we had a great conversation, of course, and you were very gracious and, and relaxed. And I mean, I've interviewed people before, but you know, this was a new thing, and, and I just wanted to talk to somebody who would kind of understand that and, and be gracious about it. And you certainly were. I listened to our conversation last night again, just to, to go over what we talked about. Yeah. Well, and it's a little different this time around because we've met. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> there you and go. That adds a whole new dimension to, uh, you know, speaking with somebody when you uh, can put a three-dimensional face to the uh, voice. And yeah. also, um, uh, having watched you perform, I, uh, very much enjoyed the evening spent uh, listening to you and uh, and the band and uh, oh, uh, you are that. the like I said then you you are the coolest guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's it's I'm very thankful to be able to do that and I appreciate you saying that it was it was great to you know, to get to know you guys and and uh, it's been almost three years like when we talked the first time it yeah. was in November of 2020 we were doing pre-records obviously but uh yeah it's been almost three years so getting to know you and Lori and stuff has been fantastic for me really enhanced my life so I appreciate it well yeah and it's amazing that you know that it is three years isn't it <laughs> yeah there you go you know it's interesting too because when you're talking about guests you know everybody's different right and and when you're talking to somebody you don't know or you've never met or whatever it's it's easier when you're talking to friends and I've had quite a few guests on who or people I know personally and our friends, even a couple of them came over to my house, you know, Donnie from Trooper and stuff. He just came over to my house and we talked yeah. and it was, <laughs> those are more relaxed and, and easier going. So, yeah. So now we'll, we're, we're relaxed and easier going. Just, <laughs> exactly. uh, I'm still not at your house, but who knows, but you could, if you ever come down here, you guys are welcome to come over for dinner. And, oh, for uh, sure. Yeah, hang out and stuff. So, well, very cool. And so, the Stampeders touring with the original lineup. I saw you guys in Chilliwack. I got to come out and, and hang out and we got a picture yep. and I got to hear the band and stuff. So um, just, just that in itself, you know, to have a band that's like 50 years ago and you're still touring with the original lineup. I mean, that, that, that's gotta be rare, right? Oh, it's extremely rare. I can't think of another Canadian band or American band for that uh, uh, matter that is completely intact. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we've got guys now, we're all in our mid seventies. Yeah. So we have, uh, oh God, well over 200 years of life <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that we bring to the stage. And um, yes, I am, uh, I'm quite grateful myself to be, um, uh, that we can all do that because it's, yeah. it's a significant thing. I mean, uh, uh, people will go and see all kinds of uh, bands. Uh, there may be a member or two missing or maybe only one original member or in some cases, none. But, none, um, absolutely. But here we are, you know, it's uh, always, it always uh, garners a great round of applause when, uh, when uh, Ronnie says we are the original three, you know, Ronnie King, yeah. Rich Dodson and Kim Burley. And that's, uh, yeah, it's a buzz. 
Well, that's cool. And, and, uh, you know, ZZ Top would have been the only rival in that. And of course, Dusty Hill passed away, I think a couple of years ago now. Yeah. So they were, you know, I guess life goes on, but, uh, one of the interesting things about you is that when I came to see the band in Chilliwack, you know, I thought, okay, these guys are, they've been around for a very long time. I kind of adjusted my expectations a little bit, you know, just, uh, like I had a chance to go see Gordon Lightfoot a, a couple of few years ago, right before he passed away. And, and I didn't go because he was so shaky and he just was such a shadow of his former self that it would have broken my heart to, cause he's my guy, you know, as yeah. far as singer songwriters go, there's, there's nobody better than him. I think, you know, well, guitar with, player. With, with, oh yeah, that's yes. Yeah. I know yeah. he was uh, absolutely wonderful as far as Canadian, uh, songwriting yeah. icons go. Uh, Leonard, Leonard Cohen is my guy. But <laughs> yeah, there you go. Loved, oh, fair enough. I loved, yeah. uh, I loved Lightfoot just like everybody yeah. else. Yeah. And you don't get an argument with me out of that either. No. But, uh, so I had adjusted my expectations when I came and saw you guys, but you guys were excellent. It was great. And you played, your drumming was great. And, and the band played all the tunes. I mean, of course, you know, Ronnie sits down now and, and Rich is, uh, you know, not what he was, but still really good. And he played well and the, the band sounded really good. So I was, I don't want to say pleasantly surprised because I, I expected that you'd be decent, but it was better than I thought if I can, if I can say that. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, and you know, that's, that's, uh, not an uncommon, um, response and I don't know. Um, I, I guess we've just kept our chops up to a decent level and, um, and, and we still, you know, uh, we 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 spend the day on performance days. We basically, you know, we may have a drive, uh, yeah. but basically, I'm the only one who drives. We always there's a couple of vehicles on the road, and and uh, Rich is a passenger, and Ronnie's a passenger, and I do the right. driving. But then it's just you know, basically to lay back and conserve all the energy you possibly can, and lay it out on the stage in that. Uh, two hours that we're out there sort of yeah. thing. And you did take a break in the middle. I noticed that. Well, you know, certain, <laughs> certain band members that uh, don't have the bladder control. That they uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And your, your new knees. Cause I remember the last time we talked, you had got your knee replacements and, and yep. there was no effect in, at all. Your, your knees are working great now and you feel well. The, yeah. The, the effect is I feel 20 years younger, um, there you, go. you know, because all that, uh, all that pain that goes with a, with the blown joints, it goes away. And, uh, so if you're out there listening and you are considering getting a knee replacement, uh, yeah, do. No, oh, good for you. And then and of course your playing and singing was, was good and you're still in shape. Like your, uh, your weight is good. And, and I'm assuming you're, you're healthy. You certainly look. Yeah. Healthy. Well, yeah. And, and, um, uh, but you know, I mean, I've kind of been, I'm a small person and I've lived an active, uh, life and about 20, 24 years ago now, uh, 23 years ago, I was watching a biography of biographical piece on TV about sting and uh, and he did this uh, fantastic yoga that looked great to me. And I and I'm not an exercise, uh, you know. I've kept fit by 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 you know. I've always been a walking person. I've walked right. like all of my life a lot. And and uh, so I see this, and I thought, you know, I could do that. And so yeah. I did. I started, and I've been practicing yoga now for uh, 23 years. Oh, very cool. Um, and and it's that's the you know that'll keep your body. Uh, strong and 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 looking good for that matter too because yeah. you're exercising all of your muscles and it can uh, it can be designed it's changed a lot over the years uh you know my early yoga practice was very vigorous and very sweaty and you know uh, uh like literally a consistent hour hour and a half of uh, right. movement uh, 
And uh, so it's it's uh, mellowed a good deal now. If I'm a little sore in the mornings, I take it easy. I spend more time in, uh, yeah, you know, slowly working myself into uh, into a into a, a forward bend or whatever other posture I'm in. You don't just mm-hmm. leap on these things at uh, at 75. You, you you ease yourself in, and by the end of the, uh, you know, uh, anything from half hour to an hour and a half. Now I'll be. Uh, gently massaging all <laughs> all of my body parts <laughs> yes. well the interesting thing about that you're a drummer so so there's always been a physical component to what you do and that's not going to change right you you're going to have to be physically capable as long as you want to play yeah and and it's a rock uh, you know it's rock and roll drumming and years ago uh, the Stampeders went on tour with Black Oak, Arkansas, hmm. who were really big in the southern U.S. And so we were yeah. opening for them. And they had a drummer named Tommy Aldrich, who I got to watch, you know, night after night, and who kind of showed me how much energy and strength you could put into rock drumming. Now, it's, you know, part of its show, because if it's just all muscle, you're not actually going to be playing very well. But to develop a really good, uh, loud you know, smack on the drums, you have to put some energy into it. And so that's part of my style of drumming. I think it's, it's mellowed a bit over the years, but it's, it's still aggressive and it, it's still, uh, I'm still a power drummer. Yeah. And your solo was great. I loved it. So uh, yeah, really good. And uh, how's Ronnie doing? Is he, uh, I guess he would be the least healthy of the three of you. Would, would that be fair? <laughs> well, Ronnie, Ronnie is our real rock and roller. You know, Ronnie, had, Ronnie lived it. And, uh, yeah. and in, in, uh, and you know, the, uh, uh, the mantra of, of the rock star is excessive living. And yes, so the, uh, without going so. into detail, uh, Ronnie uh, lived up to that um, example. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it takes the edge off you as you get older. And of course, he's not, you know, the other thing about um, uh, that particular lifestyle is you don't feel like exercising a lot. Fortunately, he got yeah. a dog and, uh, yeah. you know, some years ago. And, and so the dog kept him out and walking, which is really good. And that's uh, no doubt served him well. But hey, you know, he's, uh, he's a year older than me and he's still up there in the stage. And the interesting thing is his breath is still good. He can still, oh, good. He, you know, he can still, yeah. uh, you know, he had that great loud voice, right? He's a very powerful right. singer and he still is. Yeah, good. Well, and he's still kicking. I mean, if I, I guess he was. A well, bit I wouldn't of a go so far as to say kick. <laughs> kicking, yeah, because he, he literally a... used to kick. Like you know, it'd be uh, 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 he'd be romping around the stage and hopping yeah. on one foot, and uh, oh right, and, yeah. and uh, that kind of ended one day when he hopped across the drums in front of me on one foot and lost his balance and tumbled into the kit. Oh, um, but uh, uh, fortunately, I was you know on a riser, so uh, it didn't yeah. all come <laughs> down on wow. me. Unreal. But you know, I guess he thought, well, maybe. Uh, you know, everything in its time and that yeah. time has passed. Well, I guess, and, but he's, he's still out there doing it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I guess you, you pay for the, your past in, in a certain respect as far as your, your health goes, but, uh, you know, good, good for you guys. You're all still doing it. And Rich played great. I mean, he's got the double neck still and he played all the parts and I was, I was very happy because being a guitar, guitar player, I watched him and I always liked Rich has a kind of a cool sort of unique style that I like, you know, well, he because- does. Uh, um, one of my, one of my friends, actually the guy we'll talk about a little later, Gary, he said that, you know, he said, you guys have such a prairie sound, you know, yeah. and then it's Richard's guitar. It's the 
very expansive, very full, you know, and he moves yeah. between the 12 and the six quite regularly and, and really smoothly. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Really and good. Rich has been the anchor, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, uh, Ronnie has been all over the stage. That was never Richard's thing, you know, and my arms are flying around and things like that. But that was, uh, Richard was, uh, he was just uh, taking care of, taking care of business. And, yeah. um, and that's kind of still the way it is. Yeah. Well, he's got a lot to do. <laughs> he's he does. Gotta make sure he's, <laughs> he does indeed. So, uh, yeah. And then the other thing I noticed about it was there was quite a few funny moments still, you guys, you know, you're kind of jovial and goofing around a bit and, and there was a few good laughs. Oh yeah. Well, the best, the best part of the night is, um, you know, it's more, it's more rewarding to hear people laugh than it is to hear them applaud. Hmm. Uh, and that's, uh, so, uh, both Ronnie and I, you know, it's, uh, and, and Rich every now and again, will interject something and crack people up, but, uh, you know, we've got a few stock lines to get the ball rolling, but then it's basically, a uh, an improv from there on in and, uh, between yeah. Ronnie and I, and it's, uh, it's great fun. That's what the most fun is. Yeah. Oh, good. And and then the other thing I noticed is, you know, the audience was really appreciative, but there was a lot of older people there and they've kind of aged along with you and those songs are in their heart and they were singing along and it's a very forgiving, appreciative, gracious audience. Yes. Well, the word forgiving is very apt. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> at least we feel that, you know, we know when we mess up, yeah. but uh, I, I'm actually at the point where I, I kind of understand that the audience kind of likes to see uh, you mess up once in a while, especially if you're seniors and because they're seniors themselves and they know yeah. how it feels. <laughs> That's, well, true. And, and again, they're, they're very forgiving. They're not, they're not there to, to oh, judge you. It's not, you know, it's. No, that's right. No, so it's, it's a great relationship, you know, I mean, that's what, and also that's what any kind of performance is, right? It's the relationship between the audience and the performer. And, um, yeah. and there is no wall, you know, it's yeah. not, not like a, not like a theatrical adventure. Uh, right. So with us in the audience, it's wide open in between us. And that's a, that's a lovely feeling. Yeah, no, that's good. I, it's funny because we were at the Epcot Center in, in Florida years ago and I saw Eddie Money and he came out and he had this gig there and you do like five tunes. He does his five best songs. It's a mm -hmm. 15 or 20 minute set. Then he goes away and he does that three or four times a day. And I guess they paid him real well. But one of the things he said, and that was, we've been together for a long time. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a cool line, you know? I mean, that's what I think about you guys too. Like he, with those people and those songs, you've been together a long time. Well, for sure. We, we met Eddie Money. He was, uh, did a show with him in uh, Mattawa, Ontario. It's a oh, festival, cool. right? And uh, yeah. and so we played just before Eddie and came off stage and, uh, and he says, oh my God, he says, you guys are the real thing. You should be down in the States more. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> so, well, thank you very much, but we, we're not that well known in the states. You had uh, a, I a guess couple of big hits. Woman. Does not a star make? You know, I guess. Yeah, you end up doing the, the not not the venues you want, or you, you do a backup uh, tour, which really is. You know, though, I guess you've done a number of those, which are they can be fun, but you're not really steering the ship in those cases, right? Uh, no, no, and uh, you know, people are always there to see the headliner. Now, you can make an impression uh, as a as an opener without question. Uh, but you know, uh, the, uh, uh, you're not nearly so well paid. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, some bands, I mean, I've had a couple of friends of mine who actually would pay or take nothing to be on the stage because they wanted the stage time because it was so valuable. Sure. So, which I, I never, that really just didn't sit well with me, but that's the reality of it. They're saying, if you want to do the opening dates, not a lot of money, but, uh, 
you know, you get the stage time and you get our audience to, you know. Well, and that is kind of, you know, over the years, uh, basically, I've learned this from other people who have, you know, younger people in the music business, but performing for nothing is uh, a kind of normal. I mean, you know, when, when I was on the road in the 60s uh, with the Stampeders playing bars all over Ontario and upstate New York and that part of the world, um, we, we got paid. I mean, it was a contract and it was a deal and we got paid. And so did every other one of the 150,000 members of the Toronto Musicians Association. I mean, that was a huge, there were just a huge number of working musicians in that time. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's you got to be paid. I mean, I've never been a, a person who subscribes to not being paid. I guess you have to be paid in kind somehow. That whole idea of getting exposures, it doesn't sit well with with most people, and certainly you can't pay your rent with exposure, as they say, as the saying goes. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> so then, when I was watching you guys, I thought it must be kind of nostalgic for you touring with guys that you've known for that long, and reflecting on your life, and remembering when you got in your in that uh, car with Mel Shaw, and we're heading to Toronto, and then you look back now as it must be kind of surreal in some ways. Um, I don't know that surreal is the right word. It's, um, it's, a uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm writing it all down. I've been working on this for a while, uh, for myself, for my grandkids. And if it's good enough, maybe for, uh, anybody else who's, who's curious, but, um, the early years were, uh, I guess and this might be true of anybody who's looking back on their, on their lives, but that, but that period of time, you know, it was full of struggle, you know, living on a shoestring in the most absolute sense. And yet to look back on it, it was the sweetest time and the band and Mel and everybody, we were a family and, um, and we all shared our struggles. It wasn't like the manager got everything and the band gets nothing, which is, uh, which is goes on <laughs> fairly, yeah, certainly, fairly yeah. often. And, uh, so it was a very, very sweet time. And then, you know, the ride through, um, getting successful and, uh, and then starting to worry about being able to stay successful. Uh, yeah. you know, when you have nothing and you got a goal, well, that, that motivates you and drives you if you, if you have faith in it. And Mel Shaw was a wonderful um, leader. He he made us believe that this was possible. And then then you get successful, and the concern is, well, let's keep this ball rolling. And then you've got uh, then 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 there then there were more arguments. Then we're we're fighting with each other over how many songs get on an album, who gets what, you know. And I always I didn't write as much as Rich and Ronnie. Richard wrote the most, and Ronnie second, and me third. So I mean, I got the fewest songs, but some of my songs turned into the biggest hits. And right. um, and so there was all that kind of stuff that goes on. And gradually, then you get thinking, well, I should be out on my own. You know, yeah. what do I need these guys for? Well, so that's what we did. And then because we learned a valuable lesson, <laughs> we got back yeah. together. Yeah. There you go. Well, you make a good point in the sense that when you're young guys, you got stars in your eyes, you, you, you got the energy, you're out there trying to make something out of yourself. And I always remember the, the opening line of Tale of Two Cities where, where Dickens writes, you know, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. And you can yeah. remember both sides of it, right? Because the camaraderie and the, hey, we're taking on the world together, that that's valuable and precious. But then you're getting kicked in the face every other day, it seems. <laughs> right? But at but, least we yeah. were getting paid, you know, and yes, there were a lot of go. mouths to feed on that pay. But uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah we, we did always get paid. As a matter of yeah, fact, yeah, I yeah. find it, uh, you know, I hear stories about people being stiffed by various promoters and everything. And I'm really, Jeez. I'm hard. I couldn't nail down one incident where we didn't uh, come up with some kind of, right. Okay. Uh, well, some good. kind of pay. 
Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's the thing I meant, I guess, about the nostalgic part of it. You know, you're here, you are in your mid seventies, you're looking at these two guys and thinking, man, we've been through a lot together. This is like, and it's a quick ride in the sense that you're looking back now it's 50 plus years. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, I don't know what that would feel like, but I know, you know, as you go, as you go along in life and, and you realize you've spent most of your life or a good chunk of your life working with these guys and, and you're still out there doing it and the crowd's there clapping for you. And it's, uh, I don't know, it must feel good. Well, it's, uh, you know, we've been like, they are, I call them my brothers because I've spent more time with them, but we have gone through the same hassles you go through with brothers, but we've been through it all. And we, uh, we have learned now and and have for a long time, the last, you know, it's been 30, almost 30 years that we've been back together on the second round. And, um, you know, uh, uh, we love each other. We are, uh, we're, we're best friends and, um, the time that we spend on the road together is a joy, you know, yeah, and if there's the three of us in a van, which happens from time to time, uh, it's full of laughter and stories and, you know, yeah, uh, that kind of thing. So it's, um, yeah, it's been a wonderful ride yeah. and, and I'm, it, I'm glad, I'm glad I had the privilege of taking it. Yeah, no good as it, and as it should be too, as you get older, you know, you want to, you want to make sure that you, uh, you, you deal with all those things and just, just enjoy the ride as much as you can, you know? So, well, then I was going to mention, we saw you in Vernon, you came out and saw our band and stuff, and we got to have a nice visit and dinner and stuff. And I really appreciated that. That meant a lot to me. And, and I know the guys in the band were thrilled to meet you. And of course, Lori. Well, not only that, I got, I got to play a couple songs with you, which was real fun. Yes, <laughs> yes you did. That was fantastic. <laughs> no, I loved I, it. I, I, I thought you were, <laughs> the best cover band I've ever seen. And, you know, and I hope you don't take any offense at that Not term, but, but that's what you were doing and you were just excellent at it. And, um, and so, uh, there's my, my endorsement that. of, of what you're doing. And well, I'm the looking thing forward is, to hearing your original material, which I know is coming. Oh yes. Yes. I appreciate that. No, I, well, I'll, I'll send you, I'll, I'll get it to you right away. And then in Vernon, we did seventies night. So I figured you'd be right in your wheelhouse and right oh, in my uh, wheelhouse. <laughs> no question. <laughs> so I, I, I hope that you enjoyed that because that was all our, all those great tunes from the seventies. I'm kind of lost in the seventies. I must admit that's my favorite decade. And I love those songs. I just, Oh, it was, uh, you know, with me as both the sixties and seventies, because I was a teenager in the sixties. And, uh, and then I was, you know, a working musician in the seventies and my life was music. I knew where everybody was on the charts and I, you know, I had a yeah. great memory for lyrics. I mean, I, I, I probably could, could have sung you, uh, in the yeah. 70s, half the songs that were on the charts, uh, <laughs> word for go. word. And now I have to work at it a little bit if I'm learning yeah. a song. So um, I was going to say about your, you're very open and, and I really enjoy your chat and song. You know, you've been doing this chat and song on Facebook. I guess that started during COVID and then you took a break, but you're back doing it now. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> well, you know, it kept me working on my guitar. Yeah, and uh, I've been playing guitar for years and years, really poorly, and so <laughs> I. I uh, but but um, during that COVID period, I really I really dug in, and I was playing pretty much daily, and I got a lot better, and uh, and I want to keep that thing going. That's the other thing about aging, you know. Um, if you keep getting better at anything, you know, some things you're gonna uh, maybe lose some capacity for. Uh, although I don't feel that I've lost all that much to be sure, but, um, but, uh, uh, to be keep, to keep improving at, uh, as many aspects of your life as you can is the, I think the most valuable, uh, yeah. undertaking. 
Yeah, I would agree. And with so, that. Uh, and so, I'm still, uh, you know, I I don't write as much, uh, but my friend Gary is a, a compulsive writer, and um, and he's very productive in his uh, old age. And uh, yeah. and I know you were going to ask me about that, but I'm jumping the gun yeah, here. I will. Yeah. 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 But anyway, yeah. So we're still, I'm still making new music, and that's kind of the <laughs> oh, good for you. Uh, most exciting aspect of. Uh, my musical, the musical side of my life, and there's the ph- philosophical yeah. side, which is becomes, um, I think, more significant as, a, uh, as people age. Although, you know, it's been with me for my whole life. I've always been um, uh, a reader and um, and an explorer of philosophies, um, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, a kind of a, you know, you begin that perhaps by rejecting your uh, whatever your uh, religious indoctrination is. And you may come back around, but uh, yeah. but the value is in in um, in expanding how you think about things. Yeah, and so that's uh, that's been my life, and now it's a big part of my life. I mean, I meditate pretty much every morning, and uh, my day starts like that. Yeah. Oh no, very cool. Yeah, I was going to say about your guitar playing because you mentioned that, and uh, you know it's smooth, and you're doing you're doing the right things. And uh, I don't teach guitar, but you know when when people play, I just try to get them to play smoothly. And there's there's a very funny story about a, a violin player. I, I'm probably quoting it wrong, but he was 93 years old and he was practicing his violin. And someone had come up to him and said, "Well, you're 93 years old. Why do you still practice your violin?" And his answer was, "Well, I think I'm making progress." <laughs> well, exactly. And I, and I thought, well, that's the perfect that. answer, right? You know, yeah. like, whatever. I mean, why wouldn't I? I mean, it was the perfect answer. I thought, you know, so. Oh yeah, and and yeah. And, and even if you're not making progress, if it if it brings you joy, <laughs> do it. You know, good. Of course, heavens. yeah. So, so I think you're making progress, and and again, it's well, all, thank you, sir. You know, well, to me, it's about the smoothness, and and it's about well, I mean, the groove, you, right? The groove yeah, is exactly. all. And uh, you don't have to be Steve Vai. I mean, I'm never going to be Steve Vai, but I don't have to be Steve Vai. He's he's good at being Steve Vai. Yeah, you know, no, you're really good at being at being, uh, uh, at being Dan here, and and, and uh, you do you do very uh, uh, very very good um, reproductions of all these other great guitarists. You're an excellent guitarist. Well, I, I, well, I just try to be that. smooth. That's all I appreciate. Hey, that. Smooth, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so, but you're um, so you're chatting your song, but you 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 do some philosophical stuff, and you do reflect on life. It comes across really well. I mean, you're you're very grateful. Obviously, you reflect on your life and the world and music and stuff, and and very cool. I appreciate the way the way you come across. I guess is what I'd say. Well, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, you know, it's a it's a tricky thing to do, uh, but I feel. I, I feel I feel like the you know all, anyone who has um, anything to offer um, anyone who wants to listen you know in a sense we've got with uh, social media now we've got like a big uh, big soapbox that we can stand up on and gather a crowd and say whatever we want and I just want whatever I say to be uh, well grounded in you know the evolved philosophy that I am always attempting to live by. But also, you must be careful. Uh, well, I say you must be careful, but I never am. I don't really know what I'm going to talk about, so it just goes. And, uh, you know, I've, I have recorded some things that I have not posted because I thought uh, um, I thought I missed the mark. But uh, yeah, I'll always, okay. you know, I'll do it again then and, and, um, and, and do yeah. a better one sort of thing. Well, so the last one you talked to was pretty poignant because you talked about fear and then you talked about growing up in the cold war and then COVID yeah. reemerging and, and, and talking about living in the present rather than, you know, the past or the future, which, 
you know, again, came across quite well. And you're giving your philosophy. I mean, you're, you're not having an argument with anybody. You're just saying, here's, here's kind of my take on it. Yeah. And the, the funny thing is, I don't get much by way of argument in the comments either. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you know, which is totally okay if that was to happen, I suppose I would respond. But it's not my interest to change anyone's mind. It's just mm. basically offering um, a different perspective on, on some um, really important stuff. Yeah. Lori and yeah. I have been watching, we just finished watching a, a Netflix short series called The Blue Zone, which is a man who went around the world looking for um, the longest living people in the world oh. in you know, various locations. It's very, uh, it's very instructive. And, and uh, among just food, and, and these are not all rich people, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, easier to feed yourself well and everything if you've got uh, plenty of dough. Uh, but many of these societies were very simple and very, uh, and, and part of this reasoning was that they were, they were simple societies and people uh, all had a spiritual practice of one kind or another. And I believe in that. I believe that that's essential to help yeah. you through the day. Right. Yeah. And, and not thinking that you're the center of the universe. I guess that's the, one of the principles of AA and NA when you're helping people there, um, get out of yourself a little bit and realize you're part of a, a big matrix here. You're, the, the world doesn't revolve or the universe doesn't revolve around you specifically. You're an important part of it, but not the center of it. Yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're supposed to get past that when we're five years old. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's right. That's, that's exactly right. Because uh, I know a, a counseling professor once said that, you know, kids are naturally self-centered, but mm -hmm. as you grow, you, you become selfless and you can put yourself in other people's position and try to understand the way they come across or think. Yeah, good yeah. point. So then you did the song, Let There Be Light. So that was, uh, you know, Well, I posted it. Uh, you yeah. did, yeah. Yeah. I actually sang uh, I Saved the Last Dance for Me because I was feeling, uh, On the last I was one, feeling yeah. my age. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great song. Everybody, that just makes people feel good, that song. Yeah, you can't go, exactly. go wrong with yeah. that. Um, but yeah, Let There yeah. Be Light. That's um, um, a new uh, recording uh, written by my friend Gary and... Um, like he will, I, I, put, I play drums on a lot of his stuff and sing okay. harmonies and things. He'll send me a track yeah. and, and, uh, say, can you put some drums on this? And, and, uh, and I do. And, uh, and then maybe I sing a harmony or something if I, if I, nice. I feel like it can use it. And, um, so he sent me, let there be light and said, can you put some drums on this? And I listened to it and basically I couldn't because, uh, uh, uh he hadn't used any kind of, um, he had just sat down with his guitar and banged this out. And uh, okay. so uh, from the standpoint of meter and um, framing, you know. It, so there was no uh, click. My friend, no. And and Gary will quite often uh, add or delete a bar or two, depending on where his right. lyric takes him. Hmm. And so, but I thought, man, this song, uh, I just think I better record this and square it up and uh, send it to him and see what he thinks. And so, uh, of course, he really liked it. And uh, then I went about... Um, laying down my end of it. Uh, so I, I'll do a, a, the rhythm guitar, uh, a drum track and sing. And then I'll send it over to Dave Shabbat, who's, uh, he's uh, played with Jack Semple for many, many years. Nice. Um, I don't know if you know Jack, but he's uh, Saskatchewan's uh, um, hot guitarist. And, and, yep. and he's, got a, he's got a following across the country. Nice. But anyway, yep. so that's, uh, Dave is a wonderful musician, a bass player uh, first and foremost, but he's a guitarist and plays some keys and plays some drums. You know, there's not much that he, uh, that he can't at least um, 
fulfill a, a, a task on, you know, but bass right. is definitely where he's coming from. So he gives me a, he sends me a, a bass track, uh, a, a nice uh, arpeggio guitar part and some, uh, some organ uh, just for Phil. And uh, so we send that back to Gary and he sends it over to his friend in London, in England, Rob uh, Manzoli, who was one of the, uh, one of the guys who created uh, the, uh, what is it called? The runway song, you know, I'm too sexy for my car. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's right. laughs> so he, he had a big hit with cool. that. And yeah. he's uh, and so he's a, he's a, you know, a seventies uh, guy. And so he put the he put the lead track on the guitar track. So oh, it's quite it's fascinating that you can now you know you can do that. You know people yeah. uh, and, and, and no two of us were ever together at the same time to lay this yeah. stuff down. Wow. Yeah. So, but I mean, there's a distinct message, right? You talk about that, like the one oh, yeah. you did before, the chat and song you did before. You talked about the message and where you're at in life and just wanting to to spread light, basically, and just just gratitude yeah. forgiveness camaraderie like you just talk about all those things and how important they are now as you reflect yeah. on your life well and now i do feel is um um is a is a difficult time uh here on planet earth hmm. there's a lot of stuff going on that's never occurred in my life uh and i know you know the the world is a place of considerable turmoil at the best of times but um um, the first ex existential turmoil, of course, was the Cold War and the, and, uh, yeah. the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming, you know, yeah. um, but that kind of passed and this, I think the newer generations have not thought about that and it doesn't affect their day-to-day -day life much at all, yeah. but, uh, they have now the, uh, what seems to me to be the reality of a changing climate and whether we are the cause or it's the uh, radiation from the sun. And I mean, the sun is very active now, I read. Yeah. And um, it doesn't matter. You know, the, the point is that we're the ones who are going to have to deal with it and find a way. You know, I'm, I'm sitting out here uh, a couple of weeks ago with this horrible awareness. You know, we packed our suitcases and had yeah. them. Had them in the trunk in case we yeah, had Yeah, you were on bolt. alert, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's not the best way to live. And, uh, and then the, the ensuing smoke that was so thick for 10 days that, you know, we just yeah. stayed inside. So mm. you don't want this in the world. And, um, and the repercussions from all of these changes uh, are happening much faster than any of the scientists uh thought it started out with next century you know uh, yeah. 100 years from now things will get rough and then it was 50 years and then 30 years and all of a sudden it's oh my god it's upon us and so i it, it, we need we need to be positive and we need to we need to be forgiving of what we see as the mess ups of other people because mm. without that then that just leaves fear you know yeah uh, that's, that's, that was my thing about last week. The, the world seems to be uh, a lot of fear. And, and you know, COVID yeah. was a very fearful event. And now, you know, and now that we were sitting next to the most powerful country ever, and yeah. it's a nation of, of fear. And, um, well, I have great hope for the United States. I mean, I'm, you know, I was raised by an American. My mom was uh, an all-American girl, and she let me know that that was better than anywhere else. Yeah. And so I never did go live in the U S but when I was younger, I absolutely wanted to. And, yeah. uh, but I might, you know, I have a daughter there. I love, I got lots of American friends. I, I love yeah, the vibe certainly. in yeah. the country and I hope the best for them. 
because it's really important that they do well. And but the, the, right now the fear is the issue, and uh, right. and that that creates bad choices. Yeah. Well, I, I would agree. I'm I'm uh, thankful to live next to the United States compared to say living next to China or Russia or or a, a, another hostile force. You know, for for all Absolutely. their problems, they uh, they are free and and they guarantee our freedom in a large measure because well, and yeah. they're up for a good time. <laughs> really, yeah, <there> that's <laughs> the essence of so much of America is is uh, joy of living, yeah. and uh, and it's, yeah. and and if but if you're living in a state of uh, of uh, a kind of ever-present anxiety, then the edge goes off of that quickly enough. Yeah, fair enough. And then, so so the song "Let There Be Light," like w- w- your preamble to that, was all about that positive message. Yeah, and, and say you know we need to bring some because I often ask artists, you know, when I'm interviewing them, like, did, did your life make a difference in this world? You know, and and then people go, well, yeah, I guess. But I mean, you got a greater message than just the fact that you're the singer drummer for the Stampeders, right? There's a life message in there that I think is important and resonates with people. Well, yeah, and and uh, and you know, uh, certainly you don't need to do that to uh, have a fulfilling life. I mean, uh, a woman said to me uh, outside of uh, the concert in Edmonton. First, she said, "You're the drummer, aren't you?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah," and she says, "Oh God," she says, "Well, I just wanted to thank you for bringing so much joy to us tonight," and that was the best compliment I think I've ever got. Yeah, no, that's good. So, so your song "Let There Be Light" is on. Um, what it's on SoundCloud right now. It's, and, uh, Sound. it's, uh, it's uh, Kim and Gary Song, K-I-M-G-A-R-Y-S-O-N-G dot online. And that will take you right to the song. Okay. Kim Gary Song online. Dot online. Dot, dot yeah. online. Okay, good. Yeah, so people can have a listen to it and uh, and see what you've been up to. Well, again, it's cool that you're you're playing guitar, you're writing, obviously writing or recording some stuff. Now, you said there that that you originally weren't going to sing that song, but then you listened to it and said, "I got to sing this. I got to yeah. I got to add that it's in." Well, Gary likes it yeah. when I sing his songs, which I've I've done on a on a number of his tracks actually, because uh, you know we have a completely different kind of voice, and we have sung songs together, and uh, and um, uh, you know he's got he's he's a baritone basically, okay. and so I can't really even you know so I'm uh, I'll, I'll sing an octave or maybe a fifth or something like that, but I but I can't uh, I can't get down where he is. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it makes well, pretty. Yeah. It's a cool sound. I, uh, it's very interesting. Plus, you have hit songs to your name with your voice on it, so that's that true. Counts for something. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and of course, the feel tunes. And we talked about that songs that resonate with people that aren't you know mechanical, but just feel good tunes. And I think we, there was an article that was written about seventies tunes and how they are perfectly imperfect. That yeah, they, that, you know, that's a great thing. I haven't heard anybody say that, but they, uh, um, I think what what is uh, missing in um, most modern recordings is slight imperfections. Mm-hmm. And that's because very little is, unless you get a live recording, very little is performed uh, by people. Uh, it's reformed by people, but but then you have the ability to alter everything. You oh, know, every, you can, every little and you know, you know what you can yeah. do. You oh, can, absolutely. you know, you don't, when we recorded in the seventies, well, if you didn't sing in tune, then it wasn't going to be in tune on the record. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but now it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, quantizing drums, you know, putting oh, yeah. them on the grid. Oh, God. Line I, and stuff. I, that's my nemesis. I, I, uh, yeah. I hate to have my drums quantized. It's, uh, and for people who don't know what that means, it means it puts every beat right on the beat perfectly. Yeah. And, um, 
and so it doesn't have a human feel. They actually have a button called humanize, which yeah, will throw things around <laughs> randomly, but <laughs> but that's not a human that's not feel really either. How it works no, either. I know it's it's crazy. Well, there's a famous video where the guy takes uh, "Running with the Devil" by Van Halen, and he quantizes it and he compares the two of them, and it, and it sucks the the life out of it. Like, the, like yeah. It's a very strange thing, but he ABs them and shows you, okay, here's here's the original recording and here's the quantized version. Listen to it. It was pretty telling. I mean, it was pretty. Oh, oh absolutely. And, you know, <clears throat> we are not perfect. We are not flawless. We are, yeah. uh, and that's part of what's uh, beautiful about developing your skill, you know, is yeah. that you get closer and closer. But, you know, like the old fellow said, I'm getting there, you know, yeah, right. I'm progressing. Yeah, I'm, I'm making progress. And you will never be perfect. <laughs> I listened right. to um, uh, 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 Wynton Marsalis, who uh, does okay. the uh, the trumpet solo for Sunday morning, CBS television show. And, you know, it's a beautiful trumpet solo. And uh, and uh, she, he was asked, well, what do you what do you think of when you listen to that? Oh, God, I just hear all the out-of-tune notes. <laughs> yeah, that's you do get trained that way, but uh, yeah, I guess that's what makes it uh, makes you a perfectionist in the sense that you you're it's a journey, not a destination, right? It'll yeah. never be perfect. Uh, yeah, and uh, can... and and just as with everything in your in your life, you know, with your with the maintenance of your body and everything, it's the striving that counts. Yeah, for sure. And then on one of your chatting songs, you talked about Victor Wooten's book, book uh, the music yeah. lesson, which was pretty interesting because I I've read that book. And yeah. it really, really struck me. Like, and then you, you brought it up and I thought, wow, like he really talks about the, you know, the, almost the spiritual part of music and how you translate that to people and, and pretty, pretty amazing. And oh yeah. Wonderful. It was, it's a wonderful book. I recommend that to any, <laughs> anyone who's studying, you know, um, uh, because it's, um, well, it just gives you a different take on every aspect of music i've I've read it a few times just for fun and um i I do think it's perhaps the best music lesson uh in book form that i've ever seen yeah it blew me away when i read it i I just thought this guy understands you know it's funny i I just interviewed uh, interviewed frank mills and i asked him what he regrets and he said well i regret not singing more because i didn't think i was a very good singer but he said most of the pop songs and stuff it's not the brilliance of the singing it's the feel and the and the way it comes across. But I didn't realize that at the time. I just thought I wasn't very good. Yeah. I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. And but but you know what what Victor Wooten was getting at is no, no, no. It's 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 the energy, it's the vibe, it's the it's it's how you move people in their heart and stuff. I mean, he just goes into de- a great length about getting that energy across. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, it, you it's communication and um and if you're communicating, uh you're succeeding. Yeah. No, that's, uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that too. That was a particularly interesting one for your, your chat and song. So do you still like touring and traveling? You've got dates coming. I looked at your website. There's no dates listed on there. Are you going Not out until again? the spring. We'll be in Ontario. We've got a book tour beginning in the middle of April and running okay. to the middle of May in Ontario. Yeah. And that's how we divide the country, Ontario, because it's so populous and has so many towns you can play. Yeah. Uh, Ontario, uh, the Maritimes, um, the West is in Manitoba, Saskatchewan and Alberta, and then British Columbia. So we have four zones right. that uh, these tours are set up in. And it's, um, it's uh, that's kind of pretty much what it was like in the 70s too, except now we're in the lovely soft cedars and then we were in, in cold, <laughs> cold <laughs> echoey arenas. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the old tin shacks, right? The echoey you know, tin shacks. Yeah. 
because that was the local ice arena, right? Or just oh yeah, and you know, and 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 there was every tiny tiny village has an ice arena, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, So that's the one thing you can count on in any town. Yeah. So how many dates are you going to do next year then? I think we've got twenty five there, and then we might we might do a then an autumn tour maybe in the Maritimes again or something like that, or back to BC. Okay. Uh, we used to try and leave three years between visiting, but that's getting to be a little long. We can't, we can't really plan three years in advance. So uh, yeah, uh, this Ontario tour will be two years after the previous one. Um, I think we're kind of like, in a sense, our audience is kind of, uh, they're almost like the Grateful Dead. They, they'll come out as many times as we want to show up. Uh, and I think it's not because of the music. It's because of the, the relationship that we've developed with these folks. Yeah. Well, that's what we were talking about earlier. And, and, yeah. and, you know, one person had said one time, like songs become like old friends too. Like when, when I hear sweet city woman, when I hear minstrel gypsy, like it means something to me. It's, it doesn't matter. You could write that song today. It wouldn't mean as much because you don't have the memories attached to it, but those songs mean something to people. Yeah, they do. And also they're, you know, they bring you back to that point of 100%. your life to the point of innocence in your life. I mean, when you're, when you're every generation in their teens becomes uh very affected by the music of the time and um and that stays with them for their uh, their whole life certainly i would agree with that yeah like because those are your formative years and and those songs just get in your heart and every time you hear them you you have that feeling again oh yeah warms you up yeah for sure and so we'll go to i'm glad to hear that i think what you guys did last time you went you went back to ontario and kind of stationed yourself there somewhere and then just did the dates out of you did a i don't know how many dates you did out there but you then you you were gone for a month or a little bit more oh yeah yeah but no we travel around we we, we literally stay where we play okay Uh, way too old to be packing up and driving up driving anywhere after a show man and the wonderful thing is the 7 30 start we're out of the venue at 10 10 30 yes that's and, right um, the earlier you know and in bed by midnight and <laughs> yeah yeah and you can do it's the weekday right. shows too right like oh, that's yeah. the nice uh, part seven days a week oh good and then Not so the row, other, mind you yes yeah but you can do yeah the earlier shows are better especially as you yeah. know I, I remember that because the old club dates you play till two in the morning do yeah. an encore go to bed at six in the morning i did that for years in the 80s but man oh Oh hell! Well, in the '70s, when the band was young and on tour, we'd we'd you know eight o'clock shows, and there'd be an opening act. We'd be finished at eleven and back at the hotel by midnight. But we wouldn't. We'd be up until dawn. I mean, most yeah, mornings <laughs> I'd stumble back to my room at, at uh, with the sun rising and be up four hours later in the car. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And uh, yeah. we we could do that for probably two consecutive nights now, yeah. and then we'd die. <laughs> <laughs> so. So you play a very similar set list at all these shows. I mean, obviously the set list kind of writes itself. And so I, I was wondering about that. You know, it's the same all the time. I mean, some, some artists complain about that. I remember talking to Jerry Doucette one time and he goes, you know, every time I play a gig, like everybody's just yelling, mama, let them play, mama, let them play. Mm-hmm. He said, I can't even play a single song in between every song. They're yelling, mama, let them play. I'm like, I'll get to it. I'll play it. You know? And then he said, he liked to play blues and, and Jerry passed, I guess last year now, but, um, but he liked to play blues and other fun songs. And, and I remember Billy Joel saying that too, you know, like when he goes on these long tours, like by the end of it, he's just thinking about what he's going to have to eat after, after dinner while or after the show, while he's playing the songs. Cause he's, yeah. it's the same list. How do you deal with that? Well, we deal with it, uh, th- with humor because, uh, uh, sometimes there's like three or four minutes will go by of, Ronnie and I kibitzing back and forth in between songs and you've got laughter and uh, all of that. And so that keeps it alive and fresh for yeah. us. 
And, and you know, the weird thing is, uh, like the old violin player, I'm still trying to pull off a perfect night. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and yeah. so there is that. Yeah. And, and one thing I always say too, like if people ask me that question, certain songs are just gems. And so every time I sing it, I sing it again for the first time. I'm yeah. loving it. I'm living that experience in my heart when I sing that song and I'm loving it. I'm, I don't play anything I don't like. I love those mm-hmm. songs. Yeah. So. Oh no, I, I totally agree. And I think so. It is completely possible. It's whatever you go, what, whatever kind of attitude you go in with, um, yeah. I think will uh, see, see you through and, and allow you to uh, give the people their money's worth or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the reason I brought that up is because, you know, when you get a couple of hit songs, like some, some guys have maybe a handful, um, that become, that's your way in, but it becomes your prison because that's all people want to hear is those five songs. And you're no. like, well, I, I play other songs too, or, or it's like an actor being typecast, right? You go, you know, I'm not what, what Spock wrote uh, Leonard Nimoy wrote the book. I'm not Spock. You know, yeah. like he was so typecast and, and then he wrote, I think he wrote another one and said, I am Spock. He appreciated it because, <laughs> because he got that, a little older and thought, Hey, this, yeah, wait this a was second. a good thing. <laughs> it was a good, darn good thing. So I guess, yeah, that, that's the part of it, you know, that you, you become locked into these tunes, but then, Hey, that's your in. That's, that's what people remember you by. Otherwise yeah. you're, you're nobody. And, you know, when you think of all of the jobs in the world <clears throat> where people, uh, basically it's, uh, repeat the same, yeah. uh, motions. Uh, every single day, um, without any applause or laughter. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, yeah. I think we got it pretty good. We got it great. So no, that's right. And I think you're right. It's the attitude you you bring to it. That's what I've always felt. If I yeah. didn't love what I do and I wasn't really enjoying myself doing it, I wouldn't be doing it. I'd be doing something else. Yes, so exactly. That kind of settles it right there. Um. So the other thing was that you brought up earlier about your book, you, you, you talked about you were going to write down all your experiences and, and, and get a book out at some point. Is that still in the works? Yeah, it is. I, I wrote a lot. I wrote a couple hundred pages and I, I, I took a long break because I wrote all that f- lovely stuff at the beginning. And then to just write about, you know, the, the years when you're basically out working and touring and having some hit records and all that, there, there are lots of incidents in there to write about. But mm. what I, when I look back at my life, what I'm finding is that there's wonderful humor in the worst of times. Right. And that's the approach I'm taking to, uh, to writing it. Um, uh, so whatever I write, it's going to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. And if it's only funny to me, then yeah, well, whatever. Well, Maybe my grandkids will like it. But um, uh, which is another great thing. I mean, my mother did write a biography of her early years up until we were kind of born, and then we know the rest. And she did it specifically for her children and grandchildren. And it's a gift. It's just a wonderful thing to have. Yeah. Well, I know you make a good point because you took a ride. And it would be neat for people to be able to read about that and all the stories and stuff. And we talk about a legacy that, that goes beyond the music. Like it's your life and it's your reflections on that ride and, and how you reflect on the things that happened and, and what you might've done differently or what worked out. And that's, that's an important contribution, I think, beyond the music. Uh, yeah. And, and if it's general enough, then it's uh, in, of interest to uh, a, a wide audience. If it's not, then it's still of interest to your uh, your progeny sort of thing. And they, uh, they get to have an idea of uh, where they came from. 
Yeah, no, good. So what do you think? Have you got any kind of plan or any kind of uh, date or anything? For well, I'm completion? going to, uh, yes, and I'll say this out loud, so that, that if, if ice the commitment. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I've started uh, writing again, and basically what I've realized is that um, I, I should do the Stampeders story as separate from you know, the other aspects of, of okay. my life, because there were long periods when the Stampeders weren't in it. And so that's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to finish it by uh, the end of the year. And then we'll see what happens. I'll yeah. let some folks read it and see what happens. Like get a publisher and, and uh, sure. uh, anything, share. Sure. Anything is possible. That's the other uh, the other thing I've learned. <laughs> well, you know, I guess to, to the greater point, you have a platform. You're well-known. People know who you are, certainly your fan base and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you, so you're not starting from scratch. You're not some obscure person writing a book. You're writing about something that people are familiar with. So you can use that as a springboard. Well, yeah, and as long as, as as long as we're still out on the road, uh, there's another thing for the merch table, you know. Hundred <laughs> percent. There you go. <laughs> I got I, I got two T-shirts when I came out to Chilliwack there, so my wife wears them proudly. Yeah. Oh, good. I got the girl ones, you know. I did. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I should I should have bought a guy one, but uh, well, good. Well, I'm glad that you're uh, that you're still engaged and you've got all these things going on and and you're still happy and healthy. And I hope to see you in. Uh, well, in, in November, I'll, I'll let you know the details. And if we can uh, see you guys, that'd be great. Yeah, we'll so make we a point of it. Time. Yeah, we missed you last time. So everything's settled down there now in, in Vernon. The fires are... Uh, yeah, you know, depending on the wind, it's actually nice and clear today. So I'm going to have okay. to get out because I haven't been getting out as much as I'd like to at all. And um, um, and when you leave my place, you either have to walk downhill or up. Okay. And, um, yeah, and so, so it's, a, it's a good workout to take a walk. <laughs> Yeah, and the smoke is gone now. Or it's mostly? gone from gone today. Could be back tomorrow. There's still oh, some gotcha. fires. It really depends on how the wind's blowing. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. I think they got it pretty much under control. Fingers crossed here. Hopefully, in the next few weeks, it'll it'll totally settle down. And because there's still yeah. quite a few around the province, but uh, yeah, yeah. What what I kind of feel bad about though is that um, you know here we are living in a part of the world that was a summertime world, right? That's, yes. uh, that's so lovely here in the summertime. And the fact that we have to now uh, uh, look forward to the end of summer is, yeah. uh, it's, it's a sad thing. And that's um, hopefully over the, you know, the decades to come, uh, we can straighten that out. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I read Peter Legg's book, uh, The Runway of Life. You know, he talks about, you count the summers, you only get so many of them. And as yeah. you get older, there's, there's fewer of those summers left. So you got to make the most of them. So. Yeah. Which yeah. doesn't, uh, uh, which smoke doesn't really help with that. No, goal. that's right. Exactly. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to do a, a, a follow-up interview. It was great. I, I wanted to, to do that and you're the perfect person again to have as the first guest and then to do a follow-up with it. So I really appreciate you taking the time, Kim. Oh, it's my pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, Dan, and look forward to seeing you. Many thanks to Kim Burley for being part of the podcast and sharing some insights from his expansive career and the life that he's lived within that. You can get more information at stampeters.net. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and invite you to subscribe to it and share it on social media so others can enjoy it as well. And we also invite you to listen to Dusty Discs Radio Tuesdays and Thursdays to hear music from the Canadian artists you're hearing on this show. So until next time, I'm Dan. Dan.